In this AB Talks with Dana Horani, we get to know the artist, her background, her childhood, her passion, her love as a mother, as a wife, and of course, as an artist. I hope you enjoy this one. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How are you really doing? <laughs> right now? Yeah. Really, really. Right now or in life? Right now, I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> mm. And in life? Good. How's Dana? Dana is good. Right Def- now is good. Define, define good. And why you said these days? Um, I'm comfortable these days. Nafsiyan, I'm comfortable. Can I mix Arabic? If you want. Yeah. Whatever, whatever makes you express better. Okay. Do. Okay. Okay. So you said you're comfortable. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Why you were uncomfortable before? Um, no, I mean, we, we all go through our days and our phases in life. But um, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes I can't really talk about these things because like, there's so much worse going on in the world right now that my phases aren't really valid enough to talk about, you know? They're valid on the show. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. Sometimes I go through like um, phases where I don't feel 100% comfortable on the inside, which I feel like everyone goes through anyways, you know? Mm. Right? No? Of course. <laughs> Look, I want you, don't think how people will perceive this. Yeah. This is literally your spotlight. Okay. Your time. Okay. Today we want to know you. I don't want anybody wants to know me or anybody here. We want to know you. Yeah. Uh, if you think even it's lame, say it. Mm. It doesn't matter what you think. Just say what you feel. Okay. So you said that sometimes you're not too comfortable on the inside and everybody goes yeah. through that. Yeah. And now you're not in that phase. No, hala mertaha akhtar. Yeah. Okay. And in life, you said you asked me first, do you mean now or in life? In life, you're comfortable? No, not all the time. Not all the time. For how I mean, I have ups and downs. It depends on work. The pressure of what I have to do sometimes can really take a toll on me. You know, I get anxious a lot. Um, so it's just managing that, you know, and I'm learning to manage it one day at a time. So it depends on that. It depends on what's happening in my career. And that's what depends. I mean, that's when I feel like some days are more comfortable than others is because I don't have so much pressure right now. Hmm. The pressure that I was talking about is not external pressure. It's pressure that I put on myself, just hmm. to be more specific. Because you're a very specific person. Yeah, hmm. exactly. And you're how old now? 34. And have you always been anxious? No, not at all. I was so chill. What happened? <laughs> Music. And why do you think there's anxiety associated with music? No, it's not, it's not really anxiety associated to music, but it's just, I put this pressure on myself to kind of always have to deliver and evolve and deliver in the way that is satisfying to me. Hmm. And your standard is very high. I, I, was, I think so. Okay. I don't know where, <laughs> where the, how you measure it, but like for me, there's just a certain way of how 
I would want to do things. And um, if it's not there, I'll just keep doing it until it is, you know. So you annoy a lot of people across the yeah. process. How do, when do you reach, like, is it a feeling? Like if you look at, let's say, a music video or a song or a, you write a song. Yeah. How do you know it's there for you? Yeah, it's more of a feeling if I feel comfortable with it. If I feel like, okay, I evolved somehow or I did better than I did last. So just it's many things that come into play. Like I always want to offer something that I hadn't maybe before or do something better than I did before. Okay. And if we rewind. Yeah. How was your childhood? My childhood was was pretty good actually. I I was born in Sharjah. Mm. And uh my my family has been here since the 70s. So the UAE is actually like my second home. Um, so when I was born in Sharjah and I lived there for the first eight years of my life and then I moved to Beirut and I grew up in Beirut. And the reason actually why we moved is um, my sister who's eight years older, um, she had graduated from Shwaifat Sharjah and she wanted to go study in Beirut. And my dad was kind of very strict. So he knew eventually that we would all move back, but he's like, you know what, since you're <laughs> graduating and going to Beirut, you're not going alone. We're all going with you. <laughs> So that's actually why we moved to uh, to Beirut and um, I spent like the second part of my life there. Hmm. Yeah. So you were eight when you moved? Yeah. And how was the first eight years? Do you remember them? I remember so much. Okay. Yeah, more than like the normal person would. And I, I actually I've asked this question to my friends like, do you guys remember? Do you, ha do you guys have memory from before eight years old? Memories from before eight years old? And they would say, no, not so much. Like, I have so many, yeah. I have so many memories. Yeah, I don't remember much. Yeah. And after the eight years old? As well. You yeah. do? Yeah. Okay. And how was your relationship with your parents when you were young? Um, from what I remember, it was great. Uh, my mom is an artist in, in every sense of the wor world where she's like in La La Land. You know, she's a painter. She used to do her exhibitions every now and then. Uh, my dad was um, a businessman. He opened his factory in Sharjah um, and kind of just like kept growing his business since then. Um, but we had a good relationship. My dad was quite strict and my mom was the opposite. Hmm. Yeah. And your relationship with each one, who you're closer to? Um, I would say now, I mean, I've lived more with my mom. I mean, I've lived much long much longer with my mom. So I would say I'm closer now to my mom. But growing up, um, I would say both. I, was, I, had a, I, had, I had a closeness with my dad as well. Because daughters usually go very close to the yeah. father. Yeah. Would you say it applied to you? For sure, okay. yeah. And now? He passed away. That I know. Yeah. But your closeness to your mother? Yeah, I'm very it's, close to my mom. Is it stronger after your dad passed away? It's not, it's not that it, it's stronger. It's just that we, I mean, we went through so much together, you know. Mm. So, um, I mean, we're, she's always, she's been the same mom she has even before he passed away. Like nothing changed, you know. It's, she was always that kind of like unconditional loving mother that was there for me for whatever I needed, you know, and she still is. Mm. So we have that closeness. My, curi my curiosity is, 
when a child uh, loses one of the parents, yeah. does that uh, pressure them or make them need to be closer to the one they have? Do you feel that applies? And does it happen vice versa? Does the parent feel <clears throat> I need to also be a father figure or a mother figure? No, in our case, it wasn't like that. Um, because, so what happened was, when my dad passed away, we all, before that, we all used to rely on him for so much. So it was a shock, you know? It wasn't something we were expecting because he passed away in a car accident. It was a okay. shock to everybody. So everything changed from one minute to another. So we spent a few years trying to just like readjust our lives and, um, you know, we all became quite independent, you know, trying to look after ourselves. But my sister was the one who actually took on the role of raising me and my brother because my mom, she didn't have it in her to be like a strict mom or, you know, she was, what's the word to describe my mom? She's, she's quite laid back and she lets us be. Mm. You know, and um, and because my dad was the opposite of that and he was quite strict, my sister felt she needed to kind of like, you know, install some of that even after he he passed away. Okay. Yeah. So that was a huge responsibility on her as well. Like she didn't have that time to mourn because she had to take on us as a responsibility as well. Mm. How many are you? We're three. So you're which number? And I'm the middle child. And your sister is older? She's eight years older and my brother is eight years younger. Ah, mashallah. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so she's the sister that you moved to Lebanon for? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was, my dad was preparing us to move at, at some point, but it all happened, well, when she graduated and he was like, okay, it's the right time for us to go. Uh, how old were you, Dana, when your father passed away? I was 18. 18? Yeah. And... For anybody who goes through something similar, how did your experience go? Like, it's the sad thing is that you suddenly lost them. Yeah. Which is the hardest maybe way. Yeah. Because it's not something you're preparing mentally or subconsciously no. for. No. So how, how does that affect a family? Can it break a family? Can it cause like collective depression? Um, how, how do you tackle that? And then how do you tackle it for you personally? I mean, it didn't break us. I mean, we all stood by each other, but I don't feel like it, it brought us so close because me and my siblings were, were three different generations. There's so many years between each one of us. So each one of us is going through like a different phase in their life. And plus, like I said, like my sister felt she had to take on the responsibility. So for her, um, it was more stressful than it was, you know, I mean, let's all just, stand together and like you know I, I actually wanted to be out of the house more than in the house um to kind of like forget everything that's happening and yeah. she was kind of like no like stay with your family and i was kind of like resisting it you know um and um yeah that's pretty much what what was the question <laughs> it was two right. so how does something as shocking as that yeah traumatize or affect the family as a collective but then how does somebody who's 18 years old uh, deal with it or not? I think I dealt with it, but I was, I was the strongest, I would say I was the strongest one from my family, as in I was able to kind of like 
accept what's happening and and kind of not be okay. Like I was never okay, but my sister was mourning for much longer than me. My brother was very young. He was eight or nine at the time, so he doesn't remember much. And my mom, my mom wasn't in a very, very good place. So um, I just had to learn how to, how to be independent really fast. And that's kind of like what took up my, my time. And maybe it kind of blocked me from actually mourning. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. You know? Yeah. I'm always curious, though, if somebody keeps... Because I've read two um, theories. I don't want to, of course, linger too much on this topic. Yeah. But I've read two theories. Yeah. I've read the theory that when somebody passes away, there is a wisdom to the way Arabs, we have funerals and they're very busy. Yeah. So it keeps you um, distracted. Yeah. For so the first few days. There is yeah. supposedly... A, a, a group that will say that's good mm. because you keep but then I was reading a book last week and it said that's okay that's another opinion that yeah. says even if you distract yourself it's better to feel and it's better to mourn rather than be distracted and so I don't out. know I don't know which one is the right one with me it was like that so I had my friends over at my house like the whole every single day for for a week and the funeral was actually the worst, worst part. You know, that's when you feel everything, whether you have your friends around you or you don't. But I feel like most of most most of the mourning happens on the day of the f- the funeral. Mm-hmm. And once that's that was over, I felt like a big weight has been lifted somehow. But that came back eventually. But that day, I remember driving back. I I felt like I could breathe again for a second. You know. So I felt like that's where I did most of the morning and and it passed. And for you, you said personally, you think it worked to keep yourself busy? Yeah, yeah. I kept wanting to keep myself busy, not just like the week, that week. Like even after that, I just wanted to be out of the house, distracted, be with my friends, be with my boyfriend at the time, <laughs> you know? Mm. Okay. I'll move to music. Okay. <laughs> um, you left, Dana, you left music mm. for many years. Yeah. Although I could argue, I don't know from the little that I read, that it's your first love or your first passion. Yeah. But you kind of ditched it, <laughs> ditched yeah. it or ignored it for a while. And then you, you came back. How come? Yeah. So growing up, my teenage years, I was so passionate about it. And, you know, I started, I picked up the guitar when I was like 12 years old. And since then, until... I was like 19, 20, maybe. Uh, but that's because that's when I was living in Lebanon. In Lebanon, I mean, you had people who were passionate about the same things. Um, I was a part of the music club in AUB. Um, I had, you know, I had a group of friends in that music club. We would go and jam after school, you know, like there was stuff happening mm. that kept me there. When I moved to Dubai, <laughs> when I moved back is when it all stopped because I felt like, okay, now I'm, I'm here, I graduated, I need, to, I need to get a job. This is the corporate world, this is serious. That was just a hobby, you know? Mm. So it kind of switched and I'm like, it was just a hobby and it's not gonna be my life. Mm. So then I got a job. Hmm? How did you manage to revive something like that? Um, you had a big break, huh? Yeah, so it happened gradually actually. It happened gradually. So um, I left my, my job and I always said, like, 
I was never happy in the job. I was because I always felt like there's so much more that I want to do, but I could I couldn't put it into words. I couldn't find the job title for it. I'm like I, I love fashion. I love music. Is there a way that I can join the two? I don't know. I want to travel. I want. So then Instagram came along, and I'm like, let me just start an account, and I just started posting stuff randomly the way anyone would, and then. As my following grew, that's when I started to kind of like dabble and put covers um, of me, si me singing covers, like just on the bathroom floor. Um, and I got a good reaction that was motivating enough for me to say, okay, maybe I should get back into, into this. So I started doing more and more covers. Um, but I was, I mean, I was alone at the time. Nothing was happening. I didn't have a manager. I didn't have, you know, um, I didn't have like a foundation kind of. And so Chris, who's, who was my best friend at the time, he is like, he's a strategy consultant, communications manager. He's brilliant at what he does. And I was like begging him for months. I'm like, please manage me. You're so good at what you do. And he would tell me like, I don't manage people. I manage brands. I'm like, it's the same thing, but for a person. There's, there's no difference. It's just more sp like there are more sp specific ways of doing it, but we'll, we'll do it together and we'll learn together. So he's like, okay, for one, I'll do it on one condition that you do music. I'm like, tell me how and I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And that's when he started just like finding the right contacts to put us, to put me in touch with. And it kind of just went from there. We got the right Is he content. still with you? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, and you, why would you change from singing in English to Arabic? Yeah, initially I was supposed to sing in English. I always thought I would sing in English. Um, and a couple, of, a couple of people around me were advising me to, to kind of maybe dabble with Arabic. And I was resisting the idea because I wasn't confident enough to sing in Arabic. There's a certain way and a certain method, and I, 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 want, I would have wanted to do it justice. Um, so I wasn't very confident about it. And they just kind of like th kept throwing the idea at me and saying, just try, just try. So I did. And, and then I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to sing in Arabic and I want to try to find like a cool sound that maybe we're not really used to or accustomed to. That maybe I can offer something new that hasn't been offered before and just let's see where it goes. And I just kept getting more confident with, with each song and the more I got into it. So you didn't do it because you knew that to sing in English is very difficult in the region? Um, to, be, to, be, to, to, grow. to grow in the region it's not that difficult it's difficult to get out of the region and go international if you yeah. sing in English in English yeah but why it's hard yani, I've had different uh, singers on yeah. the show and it's a, always a, I think it's something that all artists are struggling with because yeah. they can express them, themselves in English but they live in an Arabic country yeah they look Arab yeah so should they stick to English and hope that one day somebody in the West yeah. will like them because here people maybe it's don't listen so to difficult. it. It's so tricky. It's so, so difficult. Yeah. So I mean, you don't think the peer pressure pushed you? Um, no, it was peer pressure pushing me to do Arabic. Yes, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. No, it, there was a push, but then it was, at the end of the day, it's my decision mm. to, you know, whatever it is that I feel like I need to do, I did. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. You, I read um, in an interview how therapeutic uh, writing songs for you is and that one of the best songs you've ever written yeah. was right after the death of your father. Oh, yeah. 
Oh my God, true? what interview was that? A long know, time I ago. <laughs> I got it in the research from the team. Yeah. Is this true? Yeah. Tell me about this. So I think it was like uh, three days after he passed away. I picked up like, it, I just wanted to do something that just made me feel good in the moment. And it was just, at that time it was writing and mm. playing on the guitar. So I started to write. And for the first time, usually I struggle more with writing. Like it's, it's a difficult process. It's not, it's not that easy for me. So at the time, so I just started writing and the words just started flowing. And um, I was, I was 18 and I, I felt like I had, that was at the time the best song that I had, that, that I had ever written because mm. it was just coming from straight from the heart. And I was, I wasn't thinking about anything else. Okay. Did you yeah. ever do that song? Like, no, oh, never. Huh? No. Do you have it? I have it somewhere. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's 18 year old Dana. It's not 34 year old so, Dana, so. you know? It's interesting how, you know, sometimes um, I was watching uh, Sean Mendes, I believe. Yeah, Wonder. Alicia Keys. Oh. No, they were, they were having like a conversation. Okay. And he said that how much of a perfectionist he is. And that sometimes he realized when he didn't try to be a perfectionist, he wrote the best songs or made the best music. Yeah. And he said, he said it very interestingly. He said, because when you're perfect, you're not relatable anymore. Yeah, 100%. I did yeah. it, and it was a nice angle. Yeah. So in that moment, you were vulnerable, and yeah. you were just writing a human song. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. So for us perfectionists, it's good to put that but note But that's somewhere. the thing. It's, it's, it's not just about re being relatable. It's about speaking your truth or writing your truth. So whatever, whatever it is that's real and authentic to you will be relatable to someone else. You're not the only one that's going through what you're going through in the world, Correct. you know? Mm. Would you say you're an introvert or extrovert? I think I'm an extrovert, hmm. but people tell me the opposite. <laughs> you think you're misunderstood? I don't know. No, I just, I, I think that people that know me well enough, it's just that I, I, I'm not an extrovert to many people actually, maybe just to a certain group of people. <laughs> so that doesn't make you an ex extrovert. Maybe. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't? Look, I, I think, when I, I think about this, I think everybody's an ambivert, which is the combination. Of I think I'm a combination. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. What percentage would be extrovert? 60. 60. Yeah. yeah 50, 50. Okay. I'll take yeah, it. It's interesting <laughs> because I think everybody has a, a bit of both. Yeah. I would say I'm more extroverted, but sometimes I also don't want to see people. Yeah. yeah it, sometimes you just want something. Actually, post-COVID, everyone would tell you I'm an introvert. You? Yeah, even my closest friends. Ah. Yeah, because when I'm not working, I don't leave the house. Okay. I don't leave the house. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know what you mean. If your house also is a very good space, it's difficult to yeah. do something else. It's, it's my safe place. Mm. I love being home. Okay. Um, would you be your own friend? Yeah. Really? I would love to be my own friend. Yeah? How come? Because we would get each other's jokes, we'd have the same sense of humor. <laughs> mm. We'd get each other, you know. Do you think you're arrogant? Me? No, I'm not arrogant at all. Do you think people think you're arrogant? I don't... People that know me? No. People that don't know me? Outside perspective. 
Like if they look at you or see you in a mall or see your Instagram, would they think that? Or do they usually tell you that? Like, oh, I thought you're... Uh, but that's the thing. See, I don't get that. Because you can't assume this characteristic about someone unless you've spoken to them one time. I wish, you the, know? I wish the world like, was like that. Not. <laughs> if, you, if any, like whoever would think I'm arrogant, if they just had one conversation with, with me, they would know that I'm anything but arrogant. I'm actually the opposite of arrogant. But do you but think that's what they, they think before they talk to you? Like, are you approachable? I think approachability... I've heard this. I haven't heard arrogant, but I've, I've heard that some people are afraid to approach me mm. sometimes. Yeah. But I really have no idea why they think so. There's... Unless it's... Maybe I'm shy sometimes and it looks like I'm, I'm unapproachable. Or, I think or maybe I, like I'm, I'm in just my zone and I just don't really look right or, or left. I, I'm, I don't know. One of the theories I have is yeah. if, if you're not a smiley person, which I'm not, yeah. it, uh, people think either you're arrogant or you're unapproachable. Yeah. And then they meet you and then you smile and you're like, oh, they're like, oh, you're cool. Yeah. But I think if we don't smile much and we look serious or focused, it can come off. Uh, yeah, but it's like if they see me in the mall, I'm not going around walking like this, <laughs> you know, like yeah. smiling. I'm just like normal. <laughs> Yeah, I, I always had this question, like, I, I wonder, because if I look at you, I could imagine people seeing that. They'll be like, she's intimidating, or she's serious, yeah. or she's not friendly, but then they'll meet you, and they'll see, you know. Yeah. It's interesting. No, nobody that's, that knows me personally would say I'm arrogant. Okay. Right, right. Dima? <laughs> <laughs> I would believe that. <laughs> um, what does love mean to you? What does love mean to me? Wow, that's a very broad question. Love for me is comfort, it's home, it's being able to, to be your true self. Hmm. So that's self-love? When no. You're your true self? Or because you, you can be your true self with your Yeah, partner. I can be my true self with my, with my other. How and long being you, the best version of my, myself. How long have you been married? Mm, married almost eight years. Okay. Uh, but we've been together 11 years. MashaAllah. Yeah. Allah said. Um, how do you express love? Antikadana, Azdana. How do you express your love to the people you love? With my actions, with my loyalty, um, with the things I'm willing to do for them. With my actions, hmm. it's not talk. Yeah, I could <laughs> see that. Um, I wanted to go somewhere. <laughs> Did I cut it for you? A <laughs> <little>. <laughs> La, uh, the idea. Yes. Okay, I remember. Mm. Um, is it true that you made the move to get to know your husband? Yeah. Interesting. So it's true. It's very true. How did that happen? Why would you do it? Because <laughs> usually as an Arab woman, they have this perception. Yani literally, why <laughs> are you blushing now? Okay, so, so uh, literally yesterday was this conversation. Yeah. So one of our friends, we're having dinner and she asks me and my brother and she goes, what do you guys think if a girl tells you like she wants to get to know you, she wants yeah. to meet you, how, would it turn you off? I'm like, no, no, I don't care. And yeah. my brother's like, what do you mean if I don't know her or I know her from before? She's like, no, you know her, but she never 
Now she's as a friend, she's telling you, you know what, I think I want, I yeah. would like to get to know you. He's like, so it was an interesting conversation because some guys will not like it. Why? It's the perception. Yani, the first thing that my brother said, but then maybe she looks desperate. No. And she's like, no, it's not somebody you don't know who, as if she's messaging you, she's messaging another hundred guys. Yeah. No, she's, she knows you. She's interested in you. Yeah. So and that's she's just why making I would the love first to know move. your, your story. Uh, okay, so how it happened. You want to know the details? Of course. <laughs> okay, so um, I met him in Beirut the first time. And I just remember thinking like, oh my God, this guy is cute. Who is that? You know, like, and he was a friend of a friend. I met him through somebody I know. Uh, but at the time, I think he had a girlfriend. So I kind of let, let it go. And, you know, that was it. That was the end of it. I moved to Dubai like a year later. And I saw him on JBR. I just saw him walking on JBR. So I messaged him on Facebook. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I just saw you on JBR. Did you move to Dubai? Because he was living at Sa- in Saudi at the time when I first met him. Mm. I'm like, hey, I just saw you in Dubai. I moved here. Did you move here as well? Do you live here? I mean, let's catch up if, if you're up for it. And he doesn't reply. He ghosted me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and that went on for like a month. Never replied. Never saw him. And then he happened to be out with uh, a group of friends that I, was, uh, that I was going out with. And he just happened to be there. So I went up to him and I'm like, hey, I messaged <laughs> Like, hey, I messaged you like a few months ago, but you never replied. And he pretended like he didn't know what was going on. And we just got to talking. He took my BBM at the time, remember? The Blackberry Messenger. And then doesn't message me for like 12 days. And I'm like sitting and waiting. I'm like, why am I waiting for him to message me? It took me like 12 days to actually be like, you know what? I'm going to message him. So I just messaged him like, hey, let's go out for a drink. (laughs) Wow. Did he ever explain why he's ignoring you all this time? I realized later who who is Shakhs (laughs) Beirut. Like you will understand only when you meet him and you get to know him. Like he's just so cold and passive as a person. And that's when I understood what it was all about. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention a detail. So the first time that we set a date, he stood me up. <laughs> You're resilient. Yes, that's, that we can give you. Yeah, he stood me up the first time because he, he had football with his friends and he finished at like 11. And he thought like we were going to go out after. after that. I'm like, no, I, I was ready to go out at nine. <laughs> so we set another date. But it's interesting, Yanni. Did you really want him? that much that you would you were ready to it sounds like it's a lot, lot of people's ego would be hurt i know right at the start yeah but the funny thing in your story is because you were resilient or yeah. pushy you ended up mashallah having a family yeah listen it sounds like it's a lot but there was a lot of time in between each <laughs> okay it wasn't like me you know like stalking him but what i remembered about him the first time that we went out and i saw him that he was like very much sitting in his corner, minding his own business, like, you know, not like going after girls or trying to talk to girls or anything. Like you'd see the other guys doing that, but he was just very much like very well composed and just sitting in the corner with his guy friends and just enjoying his time. You know, he was he was well reserved. And that's eh, that's what attracted me in him. That's the first time you saw him. Yeah. In Lebanon. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then I'm, I'm interested because so many women would watch this. Yeah. And so many women and men, but even so in this case, women, 
would not accept one to make the move yeah. even though maybe she really thinks this is a good guy for me or I'm curious enough so one is that but then to get not the response you're looking for so not what? once and then okay this is what I want to ask how do you then how okay, do you get, you get over rejected. the ego it's you you move on it's not the end of the world if you get rejected it, you 12 days my sawilich message بعد مو بشويه he takes your yeah. BBM and did but he that's ever admit why Th- he didn't? That's what uh, I thought. I'm like, why am I waiting for something to happen? Why are we giving men this power that they have to they have to be the first ones? What they want to message, they message. No. I mean we're in the same we're we're in the same situation here. Like if he wanted to see me, I could be the one to message and say when. The thing is, there's this perception that the man is like the hunter. He's the yeah. guy who has to make the move. And you'll hear women saying, لا, even if I like him, well, I will not do anything until he. Yeah. So it's interesting that you say, why am I waiting for him? I have yeah. something clear in my mind. Yeah. I knew what I wanted. And if I waited for Zaid, we would have never been married. <laughs> he, was, he takes his time with things. He's the most indecisive person I know, and he takes his time. Hmm. So knowing him and his character, he would have never made the first move. It's so interesting yeah. that you push through. Yeah. So would you say you're a person who knows what you want clearly? Yeah. Yeah. Always been? Always. Interesting. So that's why you kept fighting for him. Yeah. Did you know that this is the guy you want to be with? Not at first. I just wanted, I was interested to get to know him. Hmm. And then when I got to know him, I knew he was the one. You're a very determined yeah. person, I think. If you want something, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. You, you will get it usually. Inshallah, <laughs> like most, in most cases. <laughs> um, it's, I noticed also, Dana, it doesn't seem you're too bothered with the typical um, fashionista route or uh, likes or followers you're yeah. very niche and it seems like you're happy with the organic growth you yeah. won't sign or work with somebody you don't like it seems so yeah and i feel this uh, connects to being clear on what you want or yeah. who you are yeah so, so is it but that's exactly it it's for me it was just all about being myself okay and if being myself um makes me work with only a specific group of brands or in a very specific way then so be it it just everything has to be 100% authentic to me I would never want to do anything that I don't see myself doing hmm. it doesn't feel good to me like some people would be like oh it's fine me I'd be like no yeah, <laughs> it's I'd money itch. yeah it's money do it yeah would you I would can't. you work with a brand that pays you a healthy budget but you don't uh, necessarily I, like I it? would first try to find a way to make it 100% authentic so I'll take it on as a challenge so like sometimes mass brands they find it hard to work with me because it's a very you know specific profile um, but if they do come I find a way I'll challenge myself and I'll find a way to make it work but if I don't I don't if okay. it if it always ends up being like too commercial or too out of my identity zone then I wouldn't do it hmm. but I try I'll okay. try first yeah it's a good point yeah Hypothetical question. Yeah. If there is a number above each human's head that you can see, (laughs) 
and it represents a characteristic or something. It represents social status, honesty, sense of humor, whatever. Okay. What would it be for you? You can choose what it shows. Wait, what? Okay. So you're walking in the mall. Eh? Every person you see has a number over their head. Okay. It represents, it's a measure of something. Yeah. But this something you choose, yani either sense of humor, status, wealth. Okay, so in this case, which one are we doing? You choose. What would you want to see? On myself? No, on people. Like you're walking, you're like, ah, 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10. But you know that this number is a measure of what would it be? Sense of humor, let's say. That's the most important. Like literally, if you, yeah. if you can I love choose a one good thing. sense of humor. So that's what would be important yeah. if you met somebody like for the first time? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, this is what would make us click. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? Mm-hmm. The first time we had a good conversation, I don't remember where it was. It was an event, actually. Yeah. I think it was a Vogue event. I'm not sure. It was an event. And we had a very good conversation. I said, if we had, I don't know what I said exactly, because my memory is crap, not like yours. (laughs) I said something like, we would be such good friends because, I think it was. Because of our sense of humor? Something. Yeah. And I remember that. I remember the feeling. Like, I'm like, she's cool. She's yeah. a very cool person. Like, if we were college, we would be buddies. Yeah, for sure. I see that. Mm. <laughs> uh, favorite color and three reasons why. I don't have a favorite color. Is what? that weird? It is weird. I don't have a favorite color. Is there something you would, like, now in this phase in your life, you would connect to more as a color? Or you feel... I really don't. Really? I don't get... How can someone choose a favorite color? I know. Mine is black. Really? Absolutely. How can you make that commitment your whole life, though? You come to my cupboard, you know it's black. (laughs) (laughs) My cars, usually I like to go for black. Like, it's a color I really like. More than the others. I like other colors. I'm not even I mean, I love so many colors. I love green. Which one edges it? Edges it for you, if you had to choose. Like a dusty pink. (laughs) Hello. Okay, three reasons why. I don't know. I (laughs) Like, why would you choose dusty pink? Why not uh, orange? It's appealing to me. Actually, I don't know. I don't know why it's appealing to me. But how can you explain this? Why is black your favorite color? I want me, I'll ask you. I'll answer you easily. How, why? I think it's modern, it's sleek, and it's sexy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm. That's how I see it. You know? Like, black is very classic. It's kind of timeless. I'm not choosing d- dusty pink, but if I had to choose, I would yeah, choose I'm, dusty pink. Okay. <laughs> dusty pink. Because it's not pink. Like, there's so many shades of pink. Okay, that's one. <laughs> that's one reason. So there are many shades to it. Yeah. Okay, two. Um, I feel like there's a lot of dusty pink in my house right now. So this is why I'm saying this, this color. So why are you choosing dusty pink in the house? Because visually, I like how it looks. Like certain accents. So that's two. Yeah. And then third one. I think it goes with everything. Okay. Yeah. So this question is uh, a representation of how somebody sees themselves. Oh, really? Mm. So there are many shades to you. Okay. Uh, you said the second one that's so much in your villa because Visual. It, it goes with everything. Visual I aesthetic. Think. And the third one? What did you just say? It goes with everything. It goes with no everything. way. Yeah. I'm take a, this there home. are many. There are more questions to this. I'll I'll share them after the interview. But it's something <laughs> that I started using, and the level of accuracy is quite high. Wow. That's why I like, like I keep using it. Yeah. I could see all these traits in myself, for mm. sure. What are you afraid of? Death. Why? Mm. Yeah, that scares me the most. Why? 
my loved ones around me. So the, the death of a loved one? Yeah. Not yeah, no, no, not, not of my son. Okay. Because you've yeah. experienced it once. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard to deal with? Because it's out of control? I don't, th- listen, I think, so at the time when it happened with me, I was the first one that it happened to. Like me and my, f- between like my friends and, you know. Okay. Like my surroundings, it was, I was the first one that it happened to. I hadn't had an experience of it happening to someone I know. So, and I remember my friends telling me like, how do you go through something like this? And I always, I remember I would say like, you are much stronger than you think you are. So it's something that I will take with me for the rest of my life, having said it at the moment. I wouldn't trust myself saying it now because at the time it was still fresh, but I'll take it for the rest of my life because whatever happens, in, le- in life, I know I'm much stronger than I think I am. Hmm. But you asked me this question and I still told you that that scares me. So, so this is why I'm holding on to that sentence back then. Hmm. If I give you an envelope with your date of death, would you open it? No, of course not. Why? I would not want to know. Why? Because I would want to live date free every day i'm going to think about this date and think like okay all all the things that i have to do before then i would have wanted things to happen more naturally and on my own time the way i would have done them and mm. if i don't end up doing everything that i wanted to do then so be it but i wouldn't want to know use this question with people you'll see how the answers are 50 50. yeah i keep saying there are certain questions that most people answer similarly yeah this question 50 50. yeah some people are like, for sure I will open. I'm like, why? And then they'll explain. No, no, it will haunt me every day. That's very interesting. It will haunt me every day. Okay. Best moment in your life so far? The best moment in my life? Mm. Moment? Oh my God, I don't know. I have many good moments. How do one I choose one? One, one of them at least. The best, the best moment? If there is the best, sure, or one of. The last time that I... No, I can't make this commitment, wait. Let me think of it. Why don't you say that one? The best moment in my life, okay. Is a trip I had with my friends once. A trip you had? Yeah. Where? Corfu. Where? Corfu, it's an island in Greece. Nice. Yeah. Why was it the best? Yeah, yeah. Now that I remember it, hands down. Ah. Just I remember what I felt and I just felt so much happiness and so much at peace. Like we feel we feel comfort. We feel content. But very rarely do we feel pure euphoria or happiness. Right. And I remember then that's exactly what I was feeling. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, we were at we were just sailing at sea almost every single day. And I just remember I'm like, one day I'm going to buy a boat when I can. and I'm going to sail every summer because this is exactly what makes me happy and puts me in that state. Do you think you can replicate it or you can never? Yeah. Yeah. Because people are afraid if after a nice trip, even if they go back to that place. No, you know your people, you know your people. Mm. You go to the right place, you do the things you want to do. Mm. Yeah. Worst moment. 
the worst moment and my father's death. What else? Other than that? Yeah, because that's, I'm sure, without uh, any doubt. Worst moment. I don't know how to think of that because to be honest, like growing up, I felt like after that, I felt like I could take on so much. So something that could be so bad for someone else, for me would be like, that's fine, let's just ride yeah. through this. So I don't think that was my first worst moment. Yeah. But after that, I never categorized them, these moments as the worst moments. It was mm. just like, we're well, just another thing we're passing through, you know? So everything was easier after that, you think? Yeah, with the way I took things on. You sound with very my pragmatic. With my mind, mindset, yeah. yeah. You take things like in a problem-solving yeah. way. As in like, this too shall pass kind of way. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you think, random question, do you think all artists go through depression? Yeah, of course. Really? Yeah. Why? Because having to create something all the time, especially when... Okay, so creativity is not something that you can switch on and switch off, right? And mm. when you feel like you're not there, it really puts you down. Like for me, when I feel like I'm blocked or I'm not inspired, it actually takes a toll on me, you know? So, and it makes me kind of like question everything else in my life, you know, like, why am I doing this? Am I, am I really doing the right thing? Um, I kind of go through like an existential <laughs> phase somehow to be dramatic. Um, but yeah, when you don't feel like you're exercising this creativity in the best way that you can, it puts you down. And I'm, I'm speaking for myself, so I don't want to say all artists go through that, but I imagine that all artists go through that. You think artists feel more than the yeah. normal person? Yeah, because their work is all about their feelings. You're putting your feeling into your work. It's not a, a mathematical thing. Hmm. Do you wake up happy or sad? Um, I, I never wake up happy, but I never wake up sad. <laughs> I wake up content. I'm going to say content because happy is a feeling you can't feel every single day. It probably would be weird yeah. to wake up happy. Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel uh, after being a mother? for somebody in your personality? I felt so much more confidence after being a mother. Oh. Okay, so as soon as I gave birth, so none of, I wasn't active in my career before I gave birth. As soon as I gave birth, something clicked in me and I'm like, okay, this is beautiful. It's a beautiful feeling. I'm a mom now, I'm so in love with her and everything, but I do not just want to be a mom. Mm. And it hit me when I was in the hospital still, you know. So I'm like, I'm going to get through these like two, three weeks, whatever, how, however long I need to be home. And then I'm going to get out there and I need to do what I want to do. And th from that day on, I, I never stopped. Why? But do you think you got that feeling? Why don't you just want to be a basic mom? Because at, I feel like at the, at the time I was feeling a bit trapped. Like, as beautiful as this whole thing is, I still somehow feel a bit trapped and I feel like I need to do something more. And I want to be more for her 
and I don't want to ever have to resent anybody or anything. So I want to be an example for her as well, for her to actually, you know, follow her dreams. That's such a good point because you hear many Arab mothers say, I sacrificed my life yeah. to bring you up or I compromised myself for you, right? And then you think, but th do you want an, a miserable parent or a parent who's pinning it as if yeah. uh, guilt-tripping me? Yeah. Or I'd rather see a flourishing parent as a role model. Exactly. But it's a very tricky place because you hear it so many times that, oh, we compromise, we sacrificed. Yeah. Nobody asked you to. Yeah. Can you do both? I guess today the modern woman is showcasing she can be a great mother. Yeah. And she can be a great uh, entrepreneur or artist. A hundred percent. I think now it's changing. There's no specific formula, but everyone does what they can in their own way. Like, I don't have like a, a routine of how I have everything together. You know, every day is different, but it, mm. of course it can be done. Okay. I saw videos, by the way, of Zoe, huh? Zoe, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's an artist. Yeah. Already. She's a free spirit. And big time. Yeah. How she dances yeah. and I watch them. See, like so you know what I was telling you about my mom? Like, she lets us be. Yeah. I took that from my mom yeah. with Zoe. I, I, I really just let her be. And obviously, to, you know, to a certain extent, but like, she's, she's her own person. And Zoe's a good girl, like, because she's so sensitive, she's a very sensitive girl that she's always afraid to do something wrong. Mm. Because like, if she'll feel like I'm going to get upset, she'll start crying. Like, she, she never wants me to be upset at her. Yeah. So she's always like a good girl I because like she's sensitive. Because I don't <laughs> think uh, you should be afraid of your parents. I yeah. think you should respect them, not to hurt them. 100%. Yeah, and the fear factor, the moment you're out of yeah. the house, they'll do whatever they want. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, what does Lebanon mean to you? Lebanon is my childhood and my home and all of the best memories that I've had in my life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because from the little I read that you, it's very special for you. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how much you leave it. Yeah. I never I've, left it. Yeah. I go every month. Really? Every month. On purpose? Yeah. Why? Because I'm working out of there. I'm producing my songs there. I'm producing everything. Okay, let's say you're not working out of there. Would you still go? Maybe not every month, but yes. I would be there at least once every three to four months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's your grandmother's name? Mom's side or dad's the side? The one that brought you up or played a big role in your upbringing. My mom's. Jamile. Mm. Jamile. Mm. So Jamile in one word. Beautiful. So her name? Mm. Your mom's name? Diana. Diana, beautiful name. So Diana in one word? I can't choose one. She's so many things. Comfort. Mm. Oh, your dad, Allah, Rahma, Shusma. Osama. Osama. Osama fi kilma. It's not one word. I would say a man of principle. Hello. Yeah. Mm. 
Why did you choose that? I usually don't ask why. Because it's the one thing I remember about him. Yeah. They has values. Yeah. And he was very adamant about these values. Yeah. Mm. And did you take any of that? Because you said you yeah. took the free spirit from one side. Yeah. Huh. I did take a lot from him as well. Yeah, because to do well in your field, you have to be disciplined. Yeah. Hmm. 100%. <laughs> Great, you're talking for me. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. <laughs> yeah, but you're saying it exactly. Where's your mind going when you thought? My of, mind goes all the no, time. Now, when we were talking about your dad, your mind went somewhere. I'm just trying to think of the word, the best word to describe him. Like it goes to the my memories of him. Mm. Yeah. It seems like you remember him nicely, but makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, I never, it makes me uncomfortable because I never speak about him, even to my friends. Really? Yeah. How come? I don't know, I just, uh, it just, it never comes up. And even if it did, I just, like my sister, she talks a lot about him to me, but I don't know. I don't know why, to be honest. I really don't know why. It's, it can be because, like from the little that I'm reading now yeah. from you, you have so much love for him, yeah. so much. And I think you're generally a very loving person. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't show to the outside world, <laughs> but I think you are. And I think you have so much love, but it's uh, trauma. Like, uh, the funny thing about trauma is that it's not always uh, dramatic. Yeah. I was reading about trauma, it can be literally uh, your family saying Small. you look yeah. chubby. Yeah. It, that's a mini trauma. Exactly. So this is a big trauma. Mm. And your brain p closes the department because yeah. you don't want to deal with it. It ignites feelings. Exactly. Maybe. So maybe that's one of, maybe, the, yeah. one of the reasons. Yeah. What is good that you're talking about it? No, I'm happy. I'm happy. I mean, yeah. I don't mind talking about it. I like, but maybe people think I'm uncomfortable to talk about it. That's why they don't bring it up, you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Then you're t telling me. Yeah. And, every and everybody else. And everybody else. Um, Zoe in one word. Zoe? Life. Hello. The meaning of her name. Uh, that's the meaning? Yeah. It's uh, Greek? Yeah. Mm. And she is, she embodies that word so well. Really? Yeah. From, the, from the videos I saw for sure. Yeah, yeah. If that's her, I need. Yeah. Ism um, Zojic? Zaid. Zaid. Zaid fi kilma. Zaid bi kilma? Mm. I think we need to give him some credit. Backbone. Hello. Vahar. Mm. Okay. Hypothetical. Mm. Uh, one more thing about you. Very loving, very sensitive. Yeah. Tough girl can look tough. Yeah. But if somebody goes into your emotions, you, you're very vulnerable. Yeah. Very fragile. Yeah. Okay. Proper True. artist. <laughs> we take uh, Dana's heart and we place it in front of you. Okay. What would it tell you? Dana's heart. And you put, place it in front of me. Here in front of you. What would it what tell would you? It tell me? Mm -hmm. That you're being too hard on me. I'm being too hard on you? No, the heart. The heart is telling you you're too, oh, you're too hard on your heart? Mm. How, how come? 
I'm hard on myself in general. I know. So I let my... Um, okay, so for example, 10 good things would happen in a day. One bad thing will happen and I'll be focused on that and it will, you know, it will take over my day. Mm. And I'll dis disregard. Big it's not thing. about not being grateful or anything. I'm very grateful for everything I have in my life, but I just feel things a lot more than I'm supposed to. And I'm sensitive to certain things a lot more than I should be. Mm. So that's what my heart would tell me. <laughs> You're too hard on me. Yeah. Are you going to be less hard or are you going to stay? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to work on that. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Last one. Done and one word. Oh my God. <laughs> Not arrogant. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'll find words. How do you choose one word? It's not as easy as people it's think. It's so hard. Loyal. But I mean, that's a trait. There's so many that I could say next to that, you know? And what do you think um, encompasses you as a human, Dana? What do you mean by encompasses me? And if I literally have to take you, your being, into mm -hmm. one word that represents who you are now, it can change, of course, in 10 years. And okay, five. I'll tell you right now. Right now, it's ambition. Ambitious. Ambitious. Okay. Shukran. <gasps> We're done? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. That passed by so fast. It did. I think it's an hour. What? That was an hour? Come. 58, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm shocked. I felt like that was 20 minutes. Yeah. Thank you so much. How was it? Amazing. Yeah? So good. I'm glad. Yeah. You're not I'm... easy to crack. No. No. Like you give <laughs> short, I, short I, answers. I... <laughs> I have to fill the blanks for you. But I did. I mean, it's the most I've ever shared in my whole yeah, life. Yeah, because I did the research. Not, not just interviews, like with, you know, no, with Hatta, with my friends. And, you know, really? there's so many things that I said that I wouldn't have shared normally honestly well, this was so nice thank, thank you so you. much really no, thank you <laughs>